have to sound like truth to have an impact. The serpent used some truth about the tree of life, good and evil, but he lied about them becoming like God. He said you would be like God, knowing knowledge, having wisdom. There is a bit of truth in that, that they would reveal to them the evil and the good, but they are nowhere near to what God is and who God is. God is perfect. God is almighty. He's omnipresent. He's all-powerful. He didn't tell them the whole story. But he used his words to destroy a covenant that they had with God. The fact that Eve listened is a different story. But what I'm telling you today is that if the enemy uses words to entice us, to get us to listen to half-truths, there is danger in that. So you heard me talk about the experiment. There is another experiment. One more And this experiment was done by a Japanese man called, or a Japanese doctor called Dr. Masaru Emoto. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Dr. Masaru believed that words carried power. He's not a Christian man, but he felt there's something emotional, something that transcends the capability of humankind or human to understand the wavelengths and the impact words can have. So he wanted to perform a test that did not involve humans because we could all say, well, that basketball player intentionally missed the shots. And the other one was secretly a good basketball player and you can really tear it apart, right? We, we, we don't know. But if we remove humans out of the equation and we look at nature, the very thing that God spoke into existence. God utilized words to create the universe. Amen? So we know there is power in words. So the very thing that God spoke into existence, Dr. Masaru Emoto did an experiment where he featured putting water into petri dishes, the, the, the little plastic things where they test in the labs. So he put water in these petri dishes, and he labeled one of them, it said, love. Put the word right on it, love. And he spoke it, I love you. To a petri dish, plastic full of water. You'd be silly if you walked in a room and you saw me talking to a plastic petri dish and said, I love you. You think something's wrong with me. And then he took another petri dish and he said, I despise you. And he wrote it on there, hate. And then he did another one, love and hate, and went back and forth. In the experiment... Under a microscope, the crystallizations that were formed on the ones that had the word love were appealing to the eye. They were beautiful to look at. They were distinct. They were unique. They had interesting shapes that looked like snowflakes. You can Google it later on, and you can see what I'm talking about. And on the ones that had the word despise, hate, you're no good, they looked dark, afflicted, almost as if they had splotches and it looked gross like you didn't want to get close to it tell me if there is not power in your words that correlate to what God has given before you if the word of God allows us to speak life into things why do we then let the enemy 
borrow our tongue to speak lies, to speak gossip, to discourage someone, to say, I don't think you're going to get the result you're looking for. I don't think you're going to reach that person. They'll never turn around. They're always going to be like that. Don't tell me those things aren't said because I have heard them throughout my life. Someone has either told me that person will never come to Jesus. Guess what? I know people who were in drugs, people who didn't know about God, who are evangelists today, who are soul winners for Jesus, because there was somebody that spoke life into that person. There was somebody who preached truth into that person, somebody who believed in that person. It's truth. That person has to receive it. But it's a lot easier to receive it when you are encouraging someone, when you love someone. You know, there was something that I heard and uh, that I, I did hear it from a preacher, and it just impacted me. And I, and I looked at it. I've never looked at human beings the same way since I've heard this. And I'm hoping it can have a positive impact on you, and at least it leaves you with a thought. The preacher said, why would you want to hate something that has been made in God's image? Humans have been made in the image of God. If God created you, I essentially, if I don't encourage you and if I despise you, I am despising what God has created. How can I tell God I love you but not love the very thing that he created? I belong to that thing. I am a part of that member that if I cannot love what he created, how can I love him? If I don't speak words of encouragement to those that are lost, how then did I become found? How did I get an opportunity to realize there is more than just the word of God, but there is a revelation and a salvation that is available to all of us? And that very same preacher went on to talk about how can you let, how can you preach or how can you teach and how can you sing worship? But then go home and yell at your kids. How can you go home and talk to your wife in a negative manner that's not uplifting? How do you let God utilize your tongue at church, but let the enemy utilize your tongue at home? And man, I'm telling you, I'm not preaching just to you. I'm preaching to myself because there has been moments where I've had to reflect and I've had to think, I shouldn't have said that to my family. I shouldn't have said that to my little girls. I shouldn't have said that to my wife. But it's too late. It was already said. You can always say I'm sorry. There is a, an anecdote that a father tells his son, hey, son, every time you get angry, grab a hammer and nail and go drive a nail into the fence. Every time you're angry, just drive that nail into the fence. The, the kid, being very angry, drives a bunch of nails the very first day. The second day, he drives less. The third day, less. Eventually, he says, it's easier for me to control my anger than to continue pounding nails into the fence. It's great. Now I want you to go take that very same hammer and take the nails out of that fence. Three weeks later, the son's like, I don't want to be angry anymore. And then the father says, that's great. You've learned a valuable lesson. Now let me show you something else. 
You see every time that you've driven that nail with anger, now there's a hole in that fence. You can't fill that hole. It's there. If you stick a knife into somebody, there will be a wound, but you can take it out and that can heal, but you will see a scar. You will see it. And I'm telling you right now, the enemy will try to use that against you. Don't let him. He's lying to you. God forgave you for whatever wrongdoing that you have done. You have been cleansed by his blood. You have been cleansed by the spirit. Amen. But that doesn't differ from the fact that truth is, if you say something, people are still hurt by it. There are many examples in the Bible where Jesus talks to us about love. Let's turn to Ephesians 4.29. It says here, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. The other day, um, I was just chatting with my wife, and my wife was sharing something that she's doing and a little project that she's got going on for, you know, something that she's happy to do. It's like, for mothers and speaking about Jesus and sharing the message, it's, it's her outreach to those kind of moms and via social media. And I said something very simple. I said, honey, I know you can get to the next goal that you have. I didn't think much of it. I said, I just, I know you can do it. And she, she looked at me and she says, you know what? There's something about when you tell me that I'm going to do it, it's different than if I just think about it myself. There's something about when you tell me I can do it. There's something there. And when I was studying for this message, I remembered about that time when I was telling her, yes, you can do it. It didn't take much effort for me to just tell her, you can do it. Think about all those times that you could help somebody. You can encourage them in the walk with God. That you can lift them up and say, you know what? I was happy to see you Sunday. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Aren't those nice things to hear? Think about the time that you came to church first. Did anybody approach you? I'm not saying anything wrong. I'm just asking you to put yourself in the shoes of those that walk today and through those doors. Are you an encouragement to that person? Do you make them feel wanted? Do you make them feel the love of God? Every time that we hear someone say, I walk through these doors and I feel the love of God, the reason they feel the love of God is because Jesus' presence is here, but more importantly, it's because Jesus' presence is in you, and you are a demonstration, you are a light in the salt of this world. There is no just an empty building, there has to be a body of Christ. There has to be a difference. I've heard people go to a different church and they're like, it just doesn't feel the same. There's still people there. There's still church there. There's still preaching word. But there's something that's missing, something that doesn't feel like it's connecting. There's like something missing. And you and I know what that means and what that feels like. But it takes us. It it takes a little bit of effort. But the ripple effect it could have on that person's life. That's something that sometimes, even myself, I fall short of the vision, seeing beyond just a handshake and telling someone, you know what, I'm happy to see you today. 
And I don't say that just of lip service. Don't get me wrong. That is not what the word of God is asking us to do, to be two-sided, to be one person here and another person out in the world. I want you to be confident in the words that you are using. I want you to be truthful in the words that you are using. Why? Because the genuine, you can't fake genuine. Many people try all day long. I'll tell you right now, if I gave you a fake Gucci bag or a real one, and you knew which one was real and which one was fake, you'd probably select the real one just because you know it's genuine. And that's the difference with the word of God. When it's truth, it doesn't matter which way you paint it straight up or down. It's still truth. All I have to do is speak the word of God, and that's it. I, have, I don't have to worry about how the word of God is going to fall because it's his word. It's not up to me. I'm just a vessel. I'm just portraying his word. Amen. Colossians 3.14 says, And above all of these things, put on charity, which is the bond of, perfect, of perfectness. Matthew 5.9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Who wants to be blessed here tonight? You and I need to be peacemakers in this world. There is enough negativity in this world. You can turn on your social media. You can turn on the news and not five or two minutes later, you will see negativity on there. And you can inundate your life with negativity. But do you see the power the words have on nature? There is another, uh, I forget his name, he did the same study on a, on a strawberry where he had a strawberry in a Ziploc bag. Every day he would tell the strawberry he loved it and cared for it and talked to it. In another bag, he had one that says, I hate you, I don't like you, blah, blah. The strawberry in the Ziploc bag lasted, I think, like five times longer because he encouraged it and cared for it. And the other one just shriveled away and died really quickly. If you have a loved one, if you have a friend, when was the last time you told them that you cared for them, that you loved them, don't you want to have a rippling effect in their life? That's all it takes, church. Sometimes it's just a word of encouragement. There has been people that are going through a battle that all they're waiting to hear is someone, you can do it. Just keep going. I went through a battle. My wife and I went through a battle with our daughter. And there were many people who called us. You have no idea how powerful and impactful those things were. And you do now because I'm sharing it with you. But those are the things that we just don't talk about every day. And there are people outside of this church who in the world are just going through that. I shared at one time a taxi driver. He gave me a ride because I needed one. And he broke down. He said his family needed help. His wife was sick. I didn't know that. But God did. I didn't know his problems, but God did. He didn't put me in that cab for no reason. I didn't tell him I was going to church for no reason. I didn't tell him or invite him to church for no reason. I don't know if he did or not. But there is a rippling effect. When you provide yourself to God as a vessel and a tool, you let God do his thing. Don't worry about how. It's not on you. It's on God. And that's the beautiful thing. Because it's not on me, the results are are on God. Amen. All you have to be is a sower. You have to be a peacemaker. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. 
Isn't it amazing? God's word. If we just sometimes just take a moment to look at it and scrutinize it a little bit. This, uh, this week I was also, re- we, you know, my wife and I, we um, challenged ourselves to reading the whole Bible in the entire year. And there's many plans to do it, but every day you just read the Bible a little bit at a time. And by the end of the year, you've read the whole Bible. And we're kind of like, today I was like, hey, did you do it? And she's like, no, I, I missed it today. I'm like, oh, don't, you know, don't fall back. Because it's very, but see, we're encouraging one another. That's all it takes. There's not like, oh, I knew you weren't going to do it. No. Hey, you know what? It's okay. You can do it. Right? It's all it takes. Small world. Small, small world, small effort for you to impact somebody's life. And it can have a rippling effect. Jesus spoke to those that were sick, and they were healed. We see many examples in the Bible where even the apostles, they spoke to someone and says, look, I have silver and gold, I have none. But they made somebody walk. They didn't do it by not speaking to them. They gave them the word of God. They gave them hope. They gave them something to look forward to. And in the world we're living in today, I think we could all use a little bit of hope. I think we could all use a little bit of encouragement. So I challenge you, church, today to look at each other as God will look at you. Because the word of God does ask us to have a Christ-like life. And if we want to be like Christ, we have to love each other. It doesn't matter what background you have. It doesn't matter what you've done. I still love you. You still love me. We all mess up. We're not perfect. I don't want to be loved any less because of my mistakes. Therefore, I don't have to portray any less love because of somebody else's. Your words have power. Praise team, if you could join me. That's always a good sign, right? Those, that always encourages somebody. <laughs> The word of God reveals to us that we have to encourage one another as we read in 1 Thessalonians and build each other up just as in fact as we would want. There's always that golden rule, do as to others as you would like done unto yourself. But I think sometimes, and, and it's unfortunate, but sometimes you have to go through what they're going through to understand it. Sometimes. But that doesn't have to be the case. When we read about the Bible where the shepherds, the angels appeared unto them and they told them about the good news of Jesus, those shepherds with great haste went into the manger. And there's a beautiful Bible study about that, how those shepherds weren't just any shepherds. Those were pre-shepherds. The, the, the lamb that those shepherds were taking care of in Bethlehem, those were lamb, uh, sacrificial lambs for Passover. So those shepherds knew about David, knew about the story, knew that there would be a Messiah one day. So when the angel appeared unto them, they they made a connection, but they went with haste. They didn't wait. So when you hear good news, church, with haste, share it with somebody else. Why don't you stand with me tonight? And as the worship team just takes us into closing of the service, Just reflect on what God did in 2023 and imagine how beautiful it's going to be when you yourself become a vessel of encouragement and your words have a positive impact on your neighbors at work, 
And I'm telling you, it makes a difference. Don't be shy because the one that's next to you or actually the one that's in front of you is God. He can tear down walls that you didn't even know existed. But God is in front of you. Thank you, Jesus. I want to sing a new song, shout it out louder than before, let the whole earth sing, let the whole earth sing. Come on, it's a song of praise, a song for all of the redeemed, let the whole earth sing, let the whole earth sing. Sing that again, come on and sing. Jesus. Why don't we bow our heads and just thank God for today. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your message, God. Let us go to our homes and it be a ripple effect into those lives, God. Be a positive impact to one another, to our friends, to our families, to our colleagues, Lord, to our community. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for this night. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. Amen.